0: Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911.
1: Soul Patrol Jesus 911, two man car. Today's the feast day of St. Dominic. Pray for us. He was a, a phenomenal, obviously a phenomenal Dominican back in the Middle Ages. Lot to talk about today. I'm waiting, uh, I think my partner Paul Clay's on with me today. Oh, all right, then we're just going to jump right into it. There's a lot I want to talk about today. There's two topics that are pressing. By the way, uh, just, I just by, by way of reminder, just uh, the month of August, we honor and devote ourselves to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. This devotion has been basically re-emphasized in this century because of the vision of Fatima to Sister Lucy Dos Santos, the oldest of the, of the visionaries of Fatima. So let's remember that the month of August is dedicated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Also, if you like what you hear, you can support us. You can support the show by sharing the full show media link. At VMPR.org. You can also find us on social media at VMP Radio. And we got a YouTube channel called Full Sheen ahead. <clears throat> you can share us with your friends and evangelize everyone you love. <clears throat> okay. Two two things I want to talk about today on Jesus 911. Number one, I want to talk about the Holy Father's trip, his Canadian trip. And uh, there's a good article written by Dr. John Horvat where he writes, uh, the, the Pope Francis Canadian trip undermines the traditional concept of the missions. So we'll examine that. The next thing I want to talk about is a vision of Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich. And she had a vision of two popes about 200 years ago. And uh, a lot of what she says, you know, you can... You can draw your own conclusions, but oftentimes you can connect the dots and you can see, wow, it looks like she's talking about the 20th and 21st century. So we'll take a look at that. So we know the Pope was in Canada for the last couple of days. And we know that the goal of the Catholic faith is to go out and make disciples, make disciples of all nations, baptizing everybody in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, Dr. Horvat says the following. He says, For decades, progressive Catholics have tried to change the notion of Catholic missions, especially among the primitive peoples. Pope Francis's trip to Canada highlights the dominance of this current that frames American Indian missionary work as an instrument of European oppression and suppression of tribal cultures armed with notions notions of Rousseau's noble savage and liberation theology errors, this progressive wing of the church right now even claims that tribal peoples did not need evangelization and might teach the West about living in harmony with nature. This is a rewriting of history. This distorts the traditional Catholic concept of the missions and of missionary work and it denigrates the heroic work of saints and missionaries who endured great hardships in their thirst for souls. It likewise ignores many atrocious customs and conditions and superstitions that crippled pagan cultures and wrought untold suffering upon these peoples until they were liberated by Catholic missionaries. There is a book written by Professor Oliveira, it's called Indian Tribalism, the Communist Missionary Ideal for Brazil in the 21st Century. This professor denounces this maneuver to destroy the notion of the missions in his in his book. Today, the partisans of the heterodox theory can be found among the Pachamama venerating partisans of Amazonian spirituality and all Mother Earth also known as Gaia, worshippers amongst Indians throughout the Americas. So what is the traditional concept of missionary work or the traditional concept of the missions? Well, the obligation to evangelize came from the very great commission when Christ said in Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen to 20, Go therefore teach ye all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, close quote. Christ did not order the apostles to impose their Jewish culture upon peoples, No. Nope. Rather, he called upon the apostles to teach the universal truths of the gospel so that those who heard the good news and believed might have access to eternal life. Because of original sin, Fallen humanity can fall into worse depravity because the heart of man is desperately wicked, says Jeremiah the prophet, and who could know it? Those who evangelized the world found it sunk in sin, vice, the occult, superstitious practices. There were no peoples on the earth that did not suffer from barbaric practices. Constant warfare, famine, witchcraft, slavery, and impurity until Catholic missionaries came with the liberating message of the gospel. The word mission comes from the Latin word missio, which comes from mito, which means I send. Thus, the missionary was sent by Christ through the church to free these poor souls from slavery to the devil. It was not a Jewish, Roman, or later European project that transformed the pagan landscape, it was the Catholic Gospel that did that. The primitive barbarians occupying Europe during antiquity were as cruel and savage as the as the tribes later found in the Americas. Both needed evangelization. And thus, this missionary activity was often disruptive, as can be seen by the early Christian saints, who overturned the idols, chopped down the sacred oak, oak trees, and forbade human sacrifice, infanticide and cannibalism. However, God blessed the efforts of these missionaries and many peoples recognizing the misery of their situation, abandoned their erroneous pagan ways and begged the Catholic missionaries to enlighten them. Entire peoples converted to the Catholic faith as as a result and wherever the church went, she preserved what was good in the culture and remove what was evil, always building an authentic Christian culture. Paul, I see you're on with me. Any comments, my friend? You've probably been hearing some of the things I've been sharing with from uh, Dr. John Horvath's article.
2: Yeah, what an article, huh, Jess? Yeah, well written. <laughs> um, listen, um, this is another example of how the left and those who uh, have uh, all their adherents are trying to rewrite history, Jess. Um, history is just that. It's history. It's what actually happened. And so what, what they've been busy trying to do is rewrite history, uh, change the facts in order to judge history uh, uh, by today's uh, uh Standards, world yeah, standards which are, yeah and today's standards are infected the world view out there today is a modernist uh view it's a view that is anti-catholic it's a view that is anti um Tradition. you know the catholic yeah anti-tradition uh the catholic church has always always in the past uh uh, and never held back the fact that we are, in fact, the one true religion. We are not a religion equal among other religions. No. We are the one true religion. And you can see right now that the whole hierarchy, it's its sad, but uh, many of those who are in leadership in our church have pulled away from that. And they're content with uh, this idea that Hey, we're just uh, another religion. Uh, I heard one person put it this way: We're not uh, just another denomination, Jess. We are the common denominator. That's right. That's what that's what the Catholic Church is. Okay, and we and we shouldn't back down from it because we're here involved in church militant, and we're allowing people. Who have a different worldview? Who have a different vision for the world? A vision without Christ, a vision without the cross. And so it's time for us to rise up and uh, uh, and, and pay attention to this stuff and get involved with uh, taking back. And it's not only in this country. This is a worldwide effort.
1: Yeah, and uh, and as Catholics, by the way, this is one of the beautiful things about sacred scripture and sacred tradition. Uh, all we have to do is look at the patrimony of the Catholic faith, and we see that there's a universal mandate to evangelize the pagan. So if we see that not happening right now in the Amazon in the Amazonian uh, Brazil and over in, in, in Canada, then we can plug it in and say, well, you know what? Uh, this is a break from tradition. This is a break from the clear teachings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so as Catholics... We always have to follow what's called the perennial teachings of the church. What what does "perennial" mean? It means what the Catholic Church has done always, everywhere, and at every time. Uh, I think as, as of the 1960s, and, uh, and 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 after that, we've entered into a time of experiment. We've entered yep. into a time of innovation. We've yes. entered into a time of uh, again. I mean, just w- we're just. Uh, kind of like, let's try this, uh, let's try that over here, a little bit of this over there. No, we've got to go back and we've got to anchor ourselves to the 2,000-year-old bedrock truths of the Catholic faith, which are announced in Scripture and tradition. Amen. Yeah, Jesus and I, well, hey, we'll continue talking about the uh, Catholic missions. What's the traditional view of Catholic missionary work? Uh <clears throat> And are we undermining that traditional concept of the missions today? We'll be right back. Jesus 911. Stick around.
0: Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151.
1: The Catholic missionary model developed over 20 centuries. Missionaries always aim for the salvation of souls so that they might receive the happiness of heaven or so that the pagans might receive the happiness of heaven and thereby give glory to God for all eternity. The church teaches that the normal way for a man to be saved consists in being baptized, believing, and professing the doctrine and the law of Jesus Christ. This is also, you know, this is, this is what we call also observing God's law. Uh, this description is familiar to all who have read the lives of the saints and missionaries and how they suffered hardship and martyrdom to bring souls to the faith. Now, the final goal of missionary work is eternal salvation for souls immersed in the darkness of sin and paganism. The missions also have had the added benefits of improving the earthly life of the new Christians as they learn to love God and neighbor. Professor Olivero dares to state that the church's traditional position that, quote, to Christianize and to civilize are thus correlated terms. It is impossible to Christianize seriously without civilizing. Likewise and reciprocally, it is impossible to de-Christianize without disordering, brutalizing, and forcing a return to barbarity. With the gospel and the practice of the Ten Commandments, Christian order reigns and society progresses materially, intellectually, and culturally. The superstitions and barbaric customs that enslaved pagan peoples no longer tormented or left them in an unhappy situation. Now let's jump into the Indian civilization. They deferred, obviously, from the barbarian conversions after the fall of the Roman Empire these latter peoples converted to the faith and formed Catholic nations where the church could influence the whole culture without outside corrosive elements or without without outside corrosive elements. That was the Roman Empire. Now, the later Indian civilizations, however, were hampered by contact with decadent and modern neo-pagan explorers who had a corrosive influence on the converted populations. Also... Protestant powers and bad Catholics often destroyed the beneficial work of the Catholic missions. Enlightenment ideas further darkened the minds to the truth, and so these influences made the Indians subject to many injustices that must be denounced. The work of the missionaries was harder by having to fight these corrupt Western elements in addition to the, to the superstitious superstitions of pagan religions. Nevertheless, the influence of the church still benefited Indians by opening to them the means of eternal salvation. Whole tribes were converted and baptized. These peoples often advanced materially and enjoyed the benefits of progress. Wherever the church went, she alleviated the suffering, educated the youth, and preserved native languages. Today, the church joyfully invokes the names of many Native American saints from these populations, such as St. Katera Tikawatha, St. Juan Diego, St. Martin de Porres, Our Lady of Guadalupe came to Mexico and brought about the conversion of millions. Mm. The problem is, Pauls, is we got now this the the, the modern post communist missionary, which rejects evangelization. This is the problem that we have right now. Professor Oliveira's book outlines how updated missionaries, or should I say, woke, you know, they have rejected the mission. Tradition and they flip the narrative to see the Indian peoples as the true evangelizers of the world. Mm. These modern missionaries have rejected Christ's mandate to go and teach all nations and provide them with baptism as a means of salvation. Indeed, case in point, Father Corrado Dalmolego, an Italian priest directing the missions in Brazil, he's bragged that his mission has not baptized anyone in over 53 years as a Catholic yes. priest.
2: What yes. a disgrace. What What is the mandate and the whole purpose of the Holy Roman Catholic Church? What is the mandate, Jess? Go and baptize is... all nations and teach everyone all I have commanded you
1: and make a- disciples of all nations.
2: Jess, yes. what good is salt if it's lost its savor?
1: Yeah, this priest is basically, he's been doing nothing for the kingdom for 53 years, Paul.
2: Man, uh, you know, listen. His his
1: exit interview is not going to be, it's not going to go too well for him.
2: You know, it's sad. And listen, um, you know, uh, the good thing is I'm a lay Catholic and I can speak my mind. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, you can just listen to my train of thought. But when... um, uh, you know, no matter what you may think of them one way or another, uh, there was an archbishop, Marcel Lefebvre, uh, when he saw St. Uh, Pope John Paul II, uh, you know, uh, uh, basically parading with, uh, you know, a bunch of uh, 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 people from all religions. Right. He just, the, his words were, there goes the missions. And, you know, uh, he was right. That was a prophetic statement. That was the first, you know, this idea that, hey, uh, we're gonna have a new approach now. We are not going to uh, 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 be aggressive. We're just gonna be comfortable. We're gonna just say, hey, everybody's worshiping God at their own pace, in their own way. And uh, while you guys might not have the fullness of the faith, you definitely have tenets of the faith. and. In a, in a sense, we you can say we're all family, and you guys over here maybe are distant cousins. Uh, the Protestants are separated brethren, but we're all one big happy family. Uh, the sons of Adam, all doing their own thing. That's like the Frank Sinatra song, I did it my way. You know what I mean? Uh, let me tell you something, Jess. There will be an exit interview, and uh, Jesus himself said... Uh, uh, if you deny me, you deny the father that sent me. Mm. And, 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 you know, and, and, you know that, that verse in the Bible where it talks about, you know, call, you know the little ones, uh, these people who were sent out there to evangelize, when we're talking about the uh, idea of faith, you know, there are fathers of the faith and then there are the little ones. There are the babes. And we are doing the most unloving thing to these babies, so to speak, because they're hungry. They were created, uh, as St. Augustine said, our hearts are, are are restless until they rest in, in thee, O oh Lord. You know, we were created for God, by God, for God. And, when, and, and, and I always say the truth rings true. So when you hear the truth of God's word, it, it's like, joy to your heart it just it just it, it, it just illuminates the soul mm. and they're taking all this away from us jess
1: yeah now you, what you're referring to back was uh pope john paul ii started what was called the assisi conference mm-hmm. where he gathered people together i don't know how many times he did it uh where they gather people from all religions together and they all pray according to their own expression well all i, I could tell you is uh on uh, I don't think that worked out very well because, mm-hmm. and, and what I mean by that is, I haven't seen an explosion of pagans coming into the Catholic Church as a result of that. Nope. Okay. That that, that that's not taking away the fact that again that he's been canonized. Even a can, even canonized saints, again they were all, they all sinners. Sin. All yep. all saints were former sinners. Remember that all can, saints are former sinners. And so that, that has, this has nothing to say to, to take away about the fact that he's been canonized. What we are saying is that just like we all look back at our life and we say, man, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. I think I think he, you can look back and say that didn't work out too well because there was no explosion of pagans coming into the Catholic Church. As a matter of fact, I think it's given birth and people have just ran with it. Now we've had the Pachamama, a uh, whole, uh, you know, we, we could call it paraliturgy, we now have this uh, Amazonian, uh, this uh, this uh, Canadian, uh, uh, this uh, indigenous meeting where you know Pope Francis is wearing a headdress, and a lot of this again, it's, it came from initially the Assisi conferences. Okay, this is this is going to be the new method of evangelization. Paul, it hasn't worked out, and this is no. why. I'm glad many people are saying we've got to go back to the traditional way of evangelizing.
2: Yes, yes. Listen, Jess. Yeah. I I always say if, you know, the truth sometimes can be offensive. You know what I mean? Because the truth is a hard truth. And sometimes people need to hear the truth. And sometimes it may, uh, because the truth, when you hear the truth, Jess, it calls for change you know it causes one to do a little introspection and if your life doesn't line up with the truth then uh you have to make some adjustments yeah. and this is this is what the world doesn't want to hear uh the world will reject christ uh, uh, the church of christ as it rejected christ okay and jesus said he he, he told us that he said that's okay Go out there, and uh, a slave is not greater than his master. And uh, I am with you. He's with us. He's, uh, you know. And and this is this is something that we must endure in order to share in the, the the ministry of Christ. He sent us out to share in in his sufferings.
1: Yeah, but and and it's this is the time right now, Paul, for all lay people that know their faith. We just have to double down our efforts and evangelize and really be an example to our fathers in the church Amen. and show them this is the way you evangelize you call people to repentance. you invite them to a relationship with the one true god you had them reject their pagan sinful practices you invite them to, to baptism to become yeah. baptized to become part of the mystical yeah. body of christ uh you, bat- you you invite them to to get formation you know uh, formation in the faith. This is evangelization. Anything else, sitting around, you know, with a headdress or or praying with other people and, and allowing them to pay to their own pagan gods, that's not evangelization, Paul. That's uh that's compromise. That's 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 uh that to me is what Jesus Christ says. Those who deny me before men I'll deny before my Father in heaven. That's well, a den- well, that's a denial of the Lordship and kingship of well.
2: Yes, yes. You know just um uh, this is all related uh to everything that we talk about and uh, i don't know if a lot of people can connect the dots but um there is a um uh, for me this is like uh we we talk about the secret groups in the past and uh, you know that are that are pushing hey, hey, Paul, we- we, we, we got some noise in the background. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Jess. I'll, uh, let me go yeah. deal with that. <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: You're listening to Jesus 911. Just Romero, Paul Clay, we're talking about, we as Catholics got to go back to the traditional way of doing missions. Professor Oliveira claims that the central focus must be the power and kindness of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist represented by the modern neo-pagan tribal world. Our Lord Jesus Christ is infinitely more powerful than the Antichrist. Let's never never forget that. And may all nations believe in him and be baptized so his prayer in the Our Father will be fulfilled. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Up next, we're going to be talking about the visions of Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich. The visions of Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich. She talked about two popes. Now, she didn't necessarily say they they were there at the same time. But just a lot of what she says is very interesting. We could connect some dots to the 20th century. We'll be right back.
0: Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151.
1: So Patrol, Jesus 911, we're moving now to the visions of Blessed and Catherine Emmerich.
2: Well, Jess, oh, who- before, we, before we move into that, I just wanted to say one last thing, and I apologize for yeah. uh, the disruption there at uh, somebody there at the door. Um, <laughs> <laughs> listen, um, I see uh, and you can, you can comment on this, Jess, but I, you know, we, we talk about certain topics that are going on in the world. Uh, we talk about Freemasonry. We talk about the infiltration of the, of the, of the Catholic church, uh, with these ideas that are, uh, you know, foreign to, uh, Catholic thought. And we see, um, now uh, the church moving in a different direction. And I'll just give you an example of one, I mean, and and I'm not, listen, I get it that this is one, but this is a Cardinal uh, of the Holy Roman Catholic Church when asked by a lay Catholic uh, 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 evangelist, uh, you know, uh, this is the uh, Cardinal from Luxembourg, you know, he asked him a simple question, and uh, the cardinal came right out and he said, "Listen, uh, the the church needs to change its teaching on homosexuality." I mean, and he didn't say it in like uh, uh, you know, he 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 just said it in a matter of fact way. This is his opinion. He's and and then uh, when when confronted on it, you know, what the Bible teaches about it, he turned and he says, "Well, you know." He says that the Pope shares uh, his his opinion. He has full support from the Pope. And we haven't heard anything from the Vatican on this yet, or, you know, that, hey, he's wrong, he's speaking out loud, nothing. And, but this is, you know, uh, they are trying to, there, there are some, not all, obviously, but that are trying to change Catholic truth, even, even. Uh, if you change, you know, think about it. If 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 all of a sudden um, uh, the Catholic Church changes its view on, uh, on on homosexuality, then the next thing we're going to do is see uh, the pope apologizing uh, to the gay community for, uh, you know, centuries of mistreatment. Oh, we were wrong all the time. And if you, and when you these things are dangerous just because we we teach. That the Catholic that God is immutable. He doesn't change. With Him, there's no shifting nor shadow of change. And uh, the, we we teach that the Bible is the Word of God. Uh, but somehow, you know, they say yes, it's the Word of God, but the Word of God can change along with society. And 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 by the way, those people who want to hold on in a in a strict traditional sense, well, you know, you guys are evil. You guys are the problem. Uh, address that Jess you know, if you would before you move on because this stuff is very disturbing yeah uh, there's, there's two
1: things that I would say number one is that Jesus warned us that amongst the apostles there would be sh- uh, wolves in sheep's clothing so we see that today okay. yep. just like we did 2,000 years ago there were fake apostles Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 he, mm-hmm. he warns us about the fake apostles that's what he calls them Jesus calls them wolves in sheep's clothing. We have the same thing today. The second thing I would say is that all of this that's happening right now, with apostate statements being made by clergy, all that tells me is that we have entered into the time of the great apostasy. There, and what that means, by the way, there will be a large falling away from the faith, the one true faith, before the second coming of Christ. This is why I believe this is now the age of the lady, in the sense that we have to catechize each other.
2: Mm-hmm. This
1: is why there's so many Catholic, uh, again, so much Catholic media out there, podcasters, people on the internet. And what are we trying to do? Teach the do- holy doctrines of the faith to the little ones out there. Because, uh, again, just because we have a little bit more information, we have an obligation to share it with the little ones out there that are being malformed or being taught false a false gospel. St. Paul tells us we have to watch out for people that preach another gospel. We're seeing that right now, Paul, even within the Catholic Church. Some people are preaching. For example, Father James Martin, that cardinal that you just mentioned, that's mm. another gospel. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what do we do as Catholics? One of the beautiful things about the Catholic faith is that when you have a strong prayer life, and you should be praying at least three times a day, according to Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, morning, midnight, and evening. Mm-hmm. When you have a strong prayer life, all the prayers of the Catholic Church are drawn from Scripture. So the prayers, not only do they please God, but also you're catechizing yourself. For example, when you say the Our Father and really think about it, you are saying seven things about God in the Our Father broken up in seven sentences. A lot of it has to do with eschatology, soteriology. So the point that I'm making is that as you pray, listen and meditate on what you pray on. Because the prayers are taken from the doctrines and dogmas of the church. Yes. This is how the little ones are being, again, are being uh, fed by God because oftentimes they're not being fed by uh, the shepherds because many of the shepherds have basically uh they've bought into the zeitgeist the spirit yes. of this world
2: yes mate yeah thank you for that uh for that insight and uh again I know that this is uh something that you mentioned over and over again but we need to constantly hear it because there's such a barrage of bad news. Uh, we need to hear the good news, and we need to be stirred and, and understand that God has given us the Holy Spirit—the you know the same Spirit uh, that that rose Christ from the dead, the same Spirit that that created the world. You know, uh, God, the Holy Spirit is 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 going to be there to sustain us through whatever uh, rocky seas. So to speak, that we encounter, and just like uh, the apostles and Jesus, when they were in that boat, and the apostles were fearful, they, they, they you know, they we're going to die. It's, 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 it's all going to come apart. And Jesus is just relaxed. He's, yeah. he's sleeping, and he wakes up and he says, "Oh, you have little faith. Be still." And it was still. Mm-hmm. And we, and, and and yeah, we just got to remember that. That uh, listen, there is nothing that happens on planet Earth. that 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 is outside of the scope uh, of god and if god is allowing these tests to come into our life it is to uh it is for our good it is to demonstrate and give us an opportunity to uh uh, show that goodness uh always is uh, triumphs over evil
1: yeah and everything that god allows in our life through his permissive will, it's for a salvific person, purpose. Yes. It's for yes. salvific person. He wants to save you. He wants to save your loved one. So he yes. allows us to go through
2: these things. Yes, yes. As difficult as those things are yes. and, as, as, and, and as unpleasant as they are, we just have to remember uh, uh, God causes all things to work together for good. For those that love God, for those that are called according to his purpose. There's two giants in the Middle
1: Ages. Well, you know, it, it, probably about 200 years ago, uh, two nuns. One was a German nun, Anne Catherine Emmerich. She's known as Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich. Mm-hmm. And also uh, Venerable Maria de Agrada. She's a 17th century Spanish nun. Both of these were bona fide mystics. The bishops have, uh, the church has proclaimed them mystics. That means that God spoke to them, God gave them uh, mystical revelations. These revelations are so uh, uh, are, are 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 so well known in the church by popes and bishops uh, that uh, in fact I think both of these nuns' their bodies are incorrupt. <laughs> They've been wow. laying there incorrupt for over three hundred years. But uh, when Mel Gibson made the movie The Passion of the Christ, he used the four Gospels, and he used the book The Dolorous Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ by Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich. And he used the book also, The Mystical City of God, by Venerable Mary of Agreda. That's what he used to make the movie. Mm. Because these were private revelations given by God and the Blessed Virgin Mary that filled in a lot of details in the life of Jesus Christ that we wouldn't know about. So, here are some of the things that Blessed Mary of Agreda... Now, she died, by, by the way, she died in 1824. And so she saw the future of the 20th century, and you can only tell us the 20th century by some of the things that she said. Here's the first thing she says. Quote, I also saw the relationship between the two popes. I saw how baleful, that means dangerous, would be the consequences of this false church. I saw it increase in size. Heretics of every kind came into the city. The local clergy grew lukewarm, and I saw a great darkness. Then the vision seemed to extend on every side, Whole Catholic communities were being oppressed, harassed, confined, and deprived of their freedom. I saw many churches closed down, great miseries everywhere, wars and bloodshed. A wild and ignorant mob took violent action, but it did not last long. Once more, I saw that the Church of Peter was undermined by a plan evolved by the the secret sect, that's the Masons, while storms were damaging it. But I also saw that that help was coming when the distress had reached its peak. I saw again the blessed virgin ascend on the church and spread her mantle so we so Amen. we're waiting for the we're waiting for the triumph of the blessed virgin mary but everything she says there I can plug in the tw- to the 20th and 21st century right now yeah. I mean, we've had we've over oh, had over 60 catholic churches attacked here in the US every single prophecy that she saw over 200 years ago I can plug into what's happening right now
2: and Justin, so can and so can all of our listeners, because it, it is pinpoint accurate. Uh, it's unbelievable, as a matter of fact. Well, I shouldn't say it's unbelievable, because it's believable. But uh, uh, it's uncanny. You can say, you know, uh, how how accurate she was to 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 the current situation. Uh, again, Catholics are not obligated to. Uh, believe this, you know this is not a, a matter of faith, but this is just conversation to say that look, um, there have been holy people in the past that have had, uh, you know, it, you know, visions uh, from God, and uh, this is what they claim, and uh, you connect the dots.
1: Yeah, the church has approved this, by the way, and they've she's on the process Uh-oh. of canonization. If she was a whack job, uh, we wouldn't even be talking about this. But she's in the. Her body's been incorrupt for over 200 years. Uh, I wonder how many bishops' bodies are incorrupt right now.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. We'll be right back. We'll continue talking about the visions of Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich.
0: Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-21. Five one.
1: We're sharing with you the visions of Blessed Catherine and Emmerich. Her book was used by Mel Gibson, the Dolores Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ, to make the movie The Passion. Mm. Her uh, again, she she passed away. She died in 1824. And what she says is, you could see the pinpoint accuracy with the 20th and 21st century. Here's the second thing that she, her, her vision that she related through her vision. She said this quote: When the church had been for the most part destroyed, and when only the sanctuary and altar were still standing, I saw the wreckers enter the church with the beast. There they met a woman of noble carriage, who seemed to be with child because she walked slowly. At this sight, the enemies were terrorized, and the beast could not could not take but another step forward. It projected its neck towards the woman as if to devour her. But the woman turned about and bowed down, her head touching the ground. Thereupon I saw the beast taking the flight towards the sea again. And the enemies were fleeing in the greatest confusion. Then I saw in the great distance a great legion approaching. In the foreground I saw a man on a white horse. Prisoners were set free and joined them. All enemies were pursued then I saw that the church was being promptly rebuilt, and she was more magnificent than ever before. Let me just marvel mm. this for you: when the church, we, when we think the church is about to be completely destroyed, this woman that's coming in is the Blessed Virgin Mary. The saints call this Saint Louis de Montfort, and others call this the Great Triumph of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Mm. Notice when Mary comes into the church. The beast flees towards the sea again. The sea, that's a symbol of chaos, goes back into the chaotic world. But what happens when Mary brings in the the, the great uh, the great triumph of Mary? Jesus comes right after. What she saw is Revelation chapter nineteen, Christ coming down from heaven on a white horse, with saints on white horses themselves, and so. This tells us. This prophecy is telling us that the that the triumph of the Blessed Virgin Mary she will usher in the second coming of of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And if you want to see how that's going to play out, do yourself a favor. After the show, read Revelation chapter nineteen. You want to start from like probably like verse eleven, and you'll see the great triumph of Jesus Christ uh, uh, over all the wicked people and all the wicked nations as the saints come riding alongside Jesus and their own white horses. But that will be preceded by the triumph of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So that's what I draw from point number two of this prophecy, Paul.
2: You know, Jess, uh, you reminded me of that old song, oh, when the saints come marching in. Right. That's exactly <laughs> it. Well, oh, when, well, the saints, uh, yeah. when the saints, <laughs> yeah, yeah. when the you saints. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, the thing is, is uh, uh, that's why we can smile, because we know that we have the victory. We know, we know uh, that uh, uh, Jesus is our conquering hero, okay? And He will vanquish all His enemies. And we have to remember that we wrestle not with flesh and blood here. This is a spiritual battle. These uh, uh, people who are acting out right now, all around us—I mean, in Canada. Uh, they've burned down already over 60 churches. Nobody's even talking about that. You know, most of them Catholic, some of them Anglican. But but uh, <clears throat> this is the rebellion in the world. This is showing you, people are basically showing you whose side they're on. And these people who basically have not had a love for God, who have not, right. you know, many of them don't even have the, uh, you know, the indelible seal of baptism. Yeah. And, and, you know, they, uh, they are easily easily manipulated by these spiritual dark forces.
1: Paul, you you got the article in front of you. Why don't you share point number three, because we got three more points, and they're very powerful.
2: Point number three, share. Okay. Then I saw an apparition of the mother of God, and she said that the tribulation would be very great. She added that people must pray fervently with outstretched arms. Like Moses. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Be it only long enough to say three our fathers this was the way her son prayed for them on the cross. They must rise at 12 at night and pray in this manner. Mm. And, they, and they must keep coming to the church. They must pray above all for the church of darkness to leave Rome.
1: Well, that last sentence is telling there. Look at yes. this. That we all have to pray what? For the church of darkness to leave Rome. Wow. Why did the devil attack Rome? Because that's headquarters. Yeah, You think he's going to attack Corinth? Who cares about yeah. Corinth? He's going to attack Athens? Who cares about Athens? It only makes sense that he's going to go after Rome. That's the headquarters of Christianity. And that's why the the mother of uh, uh, blessed Aunt Catherine Everett say, we've got to pray for the darkness to leave Rome. And, and Paul, dare I say, I think the
2: darkness has been there for several decades. Oh yeah, the the smoke of Satan has entered into the church is one prophetic word. 1974, Pope birth. Paul VI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Point number four, uh, point number four. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's point good. number four. She said a great many other things that it pains me to relate. She said that if only one priest could offer the bloodless sacrifice as worthily and with the same disposition as the apostles, he could avert all the disasters that are to come. To my knowledge, the people in the church did not see the apparition, but they must have been stirred by something supernatural. Because as soon as the Holy Virgin had said that they must pray God, uh, they must pray God with outstretched arms, they all raised their arms. These were all good and devout people, and they did not know where help and guidance should be sought. There were no traitors and enemies among them, yet they were afraid of one another. Once, once can judge thereby that the situation was alike, or or what the situation, what, was. what the situation, yeah, what the situation was alike. Excuse me. Wow. Well, uh, the, mother God, the mother of God is calling us obviously to prayer and penance for the church.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, and and uh, that last sentence brought some consolation to me. It says these were all good and devout people. So there are that's the remnant paul there's always going to be a remnant uh and there always will be a remnant Uh, yes so so don't think like don't bind a mormon as a total apostasy everybody lost their face that's just not true the bible doesn't teach that yeah and 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 i like it she says they're good and devout people they did not know where help and guidance should be sought there were no traitors and enemies among them that's a good sign (laughs) is that in the in the in the remnant there's no traitors amongst the remnant no enemies amongst the remnant Yep. But they're, they were afraid of one another. I don't know what that means. Once, once can judge thereby what the situation was like.
2: Yeah, you know, Jess, uh, you know, when you mentioned the remnant, and, and you hear this term, unite the clans, you know, you can, you can kind of see that there are a lot of good Catholics who have a lot of disagreements about a lot of things going on right now, but they, oh, we, but yeah, they, exactly. I can name them yeah, a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. But they all have a heart for the Lord and they're yes. all trying to do the right thing. And, and that's what I see here that, you yes. know, there are no enemies among them. They're all, they're all for the Lord. They're just, uh, you know, we're having difficulty coming together. Yes. We need, yes. We need, we need that. We need, Need that orchestra that, uh, I mean we need that uh, uh, the conductor uh, the conductor thank you thank you I was, I was give us uh, point number five that. give us yeah, point yeah, number point five. five I see that when the second coming of Christ approaches a bad priest will do much harm to the church father uh, Father Martin and many others go ahead when the time of the reign of Antichrist is near a false religion will appear which will be opposed to the unity of God and his church modernism this, will, this modernism. will cause the greatest schism the world has ever known the nearer the time of the end the more the darkness of satan will spread on church on church on earth the greater will be the number of children of corruption and the number of the just will correspondingly diminish when the son of man returns just will he find faith that's exactly what yeah that's, that's exactly what i was thinking about go ahead yeah they built a large, singular, extravagant church, which was to embrace all creeds, hmm, and uh, with equal rights, hmm, evangelicals, Catholics, and all denominations, a true communion of the unholy with one shepherd and one flock. There I think was. they're to trying to do that right now. I think there's Always, be... There's no doubt in my mind, Jess. Yeah, go there, ahead. There, there was to be a pope, a salaried pope without possessions— all was made ready, many things finished, but in place of an altar uh were only abomination and were only abomination and desolation. No altar, just abomination and mm. desolation. Such was the new church to be. And and by the way, just the uh the abomin those words abomination and desolation. You know, we we hear about the abomination of desolations when 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 basically you bring, pay, uh, you bring a pagan idol into the temple of God. That's all oh, that I means. Okay, that's what I was trying to get You at. bring
1: a, te- a, a pagan idol into the temple of God. Antiochus Epiphanes did that. The Romans did that. The Babylonians did that. Yeah.
2: It just Jess, when I was uh, attempting to come back into the church and uh, I, I'm glad you, you gave me this stuff easy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cause, I, cause, Cause I don't know if I could have handled it all, but it's, it's just amazing. Well, re- so yeah, but you're ready for it now, brother, go ahead finish. Wrap yeah. that up. Yeah. Um, okay. So where was I at? Uh, okay. Um, Again, I saw in the midst. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All was, all was made ready. Many things finish but in the place of the altar were only abomination and desolation. Such was the new church to be, and it was for for it it that he had set fire to the old one. Wow. But God designed otherwise. Again, I saw in the midst of these disasters the 12 new apostles laboring in different countries, unknown to one another, each receiving streams of living water from on high, They all did the same work. They know not whence they received their tasks, but as soon as one was finished, another was ready for them. The Jews shall return to Palestine and become Christians toward the end of the world. That's the final point of eschatology
1: that the Catholic Church has always taught. The mass mass conversion of Jews, you'll know that the world is going to end when we see that happening. here's Here's a couple of highlight points. Number one, that there's going to be a heretical invasion of Rome, it'll take place. I think that's happening now, Paul. The clergy is ineffective and cowardly. The faithful are oppressed by the lowest kind of mob, but Our Lady takes motherly precautions and prepares to intervene. The church is for the most part destroyed as the enemies advance from the periphery towards the center destroying everything on sight. Number two, when only the sanctuary and the sanctuary and the altar remain, Our Lady makes her entrance walking very slowly, uh like the good mother she is and to usher in the second coming of Christ Paul that's a wrap we'll uh, we'll talk about another prophecy next week this is Jesus 911 uh, you've been listening to Paul Clay Jess Romero talking about Catholic prophecy take a look at this article read it for yourself pray about it up next Gary Machuda hands on apologetics coming to us from the Midwest Command Center as for us hey there's only Daddy, one vaccine I mean, there's only one vaccine that we're going to push Paul that's called the blood of Jesus and the only it. virus we're going to talk about in this show is the virus of sin. God bless you. Keep the faith. Yeah.